Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here this morning. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, Harris County. Got it reversed. Good morning, United States of America. Good morning, the world. We are going to have a great program for you today. We have a lot of stuff to discuss, but of course, first comes you. You can always give us a call at 713-526-5738, extension number two to speak to us, 713-526-5738 to speak to us or hit number one to give a contribution as we're still in fun drive mode. Good morning, control room, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. How are my favorite peeps doing this morning? Well, we're doing pretty good, Egberto. Guess who ran the board for you this morning and started the show? Who ran the... You know, I'm going to tell you something. I figured it was the Dr. Jack Van Beber because normally you would say, coming in, Egberto, you are hot. And I can imagine Jack was right there on those controls, just calculating and doing stuff to make sure he just got it right. He was and is doing, doing a very fine job on the board this morning. Yes, I'm a doctor. I'm quite the operator sometimes. Here you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the human being is something more. A spiritual being having a human experience, searching for fulfillment. And all we're really offered is materialism and religion. Insightful. Insightful is that, is that question there. Uh, more insightful than a question, more a statement of 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 reality. Oh, okay. Well, I like my material goods. <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> does, but you know, we shouldn't. I don't think we should rise and fall with our material goods when a lot of people are suffering out in the world. Yes, That's where are. I'm coming from. Okay. Well, would you suffer if your material goods fell on you? Uh, oh, quite a bit. They're pretty heavy. Okay. Well, let's not hijack his show today. So let's get back to Egberto and the uh, wonderful topic he has for us today. Good morning, everybody. And thank you, guys. Let me tell you something. Uh, I was thinking, and before I get it, first of all, the title of the show today is Biden Must Tie Inflation Drop to IRA, meaning the, uh, and, and other Wall Street fraud exposed and Roger Stone tape. Subtitle, Inflation Down and Biden Pass Inflation uh, Reduction Act. Tie them together. Investors short shows Wall Street is a legally fraudulent casino. A short is when you make a bet on a stock or something losing value, losing its face value, that is. And Roger Stone's tape proves that January 6th coup was actually planned. And uh, it, it, it's amazing watching them talk about it and that and that they are so vile that they tape what they tape the illegalities that they intend to perform. You know, if this doesn't change the minds of people, I don't know what would. But going on to the subject before we get on to the subject, um, I want to talk about a, a conversation with a friend, but before I do that, I want to ask folks to remember to give us a call at 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. 
extension number one to contribute, 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute. I want you to also stay with me. We have a lot of program to talk about, and we also want you to call in and talk. This is your program, and I, I want to make it that because we know your calls are going to come in uh, for the contributions, that we don't have to spend a whole half hour pitching, but instead two minutes there to pitch uh, and and that's what we're hoping that um, to do so call 713-526-5738 extension number one to contribute or go to kpft.org kpft.org uh, please folks remember that now i i, I want to talk about this specifically Yesterday, if you recall, we had two callers, I think two relatively conservative callers, and one caller called about Lina Hidalgo, and we kind of uh, morphed the conversation into what employers should be doing. In other words, that we shouldn't disregard or we shouldn't look at the issue with Lina Hidalgo having to go off for health care, medical care, while she's in the office, and look at it in the form that, well, I couldn't get that at my job. If that occurred to me on my job, they would lay me off or they'll try to get rid of me. We shouldn't be saying she shouldn't get it because the current state of the American economic system is that corporations and jobs don't allow that many a times. We should be making sure that it is law that humanity comes before business and that if you're sick, if you have things, bereavement or other things, that you should be able to do that. Likewise, we had another uh, caller that called in and uh, I think the conversation devolved into, I think I mentioned that the way the corporate state works is, in effect, it's a new form of slavery. I didn't say antiseptic slavery yesterday, but I mentioned slavery. And, and I, I got a, a, a note, as many of you contact me after the show, this particular one kind of slammed me the way I spoke to the person that, that, uh, about Lena Hidalgo and the way I spoke to the person about the corporate slave, uh, slavery. And in which case I said... I cut. I went ahead and cut these two parts out and resent it to him and told him, "Okay, here is the the exact recording of what occurred. Please let me know what you found disrespectful to the person and not factual." Of course, uh, it you couldn't say that you couldn't find anything there that was disrespectful to the first or not factual. But here's the most important part that I want to mention, and it goes as follows: a lot of us that are uh, that are from another country that comes here. Uh, and if we are from a country where uh, uh, the what the people who call themselves progressives in that country are, are pretty much <laughs> just as vile as what I call the capitalists in that they, the, the, the people there suffered. In other words, if we take a look at Venezuela, if we take a look at uh, Cuba and other places, you would hear whenever progressives in America talk, many people from these, these countries uh, that escape that, uh, that, um, that, what that country has done to them, they will say, well, what do you want? Do you want to become Venezuela or Cuba? And even some Americans have jumped on that bandwagon and say, what progressive wants would just simply turn us into Cuba and Venezuela? To which I say that is really a cop-out. 
And that is a cop-out that was instilled in our minds by many of the, the, the people who run our economic system in the United States because that's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that if you are asking for rights as a citizen of the United States, if you are asking for good health care, if you are asking for good social services, meaning good care for your kids, meaning that it's either subsidized or making sure that the employer has a, a has a, a plan or, you know, actually, I prefer if this is done by we the people have a plan to make sure that everybody who wants to work can have daycare for their kids so that you don't have that pen, that mental penalty about how are your kids doing. We want to ensure that our roads are safe. I mean, we want to have all these good things for society that actually cost it, 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 there's, an, there's not only an opportunity cost, but there's a real cost to do these things. Corp, the corporate structure or economic system would want you to believe that those kinds of things that people require make business inefficient. And by the way, it does make business inefficient if inefficiency is defined as doing things not related specifically to that business. But you know what? Inefficiency many times is humane. So to the people who take exception to when progressives want to do things positive for society, good health care, good child care, good family care. Uh, basic income to ensure that we don't have people on the streets starving. To equate that to Venezuela, to equate that to Cuba, to equate that to any country that is mistreating its people so that we as an American society are not privy to those good things is not only a cop-out, but it, it, it is a lie. It is a lie that we have allowed to flourish within our society. And if we want examples of places that, that work, every other industrialized country, they may have their problems. But the one thing they don't have is a failure of treating their, their people the appropriate way. You would never hear of people in Scandinavian countries going bankrupt because of health care. You will never hear about people in Scandinavian countries that allow their, their people to be abused through telemarketing and all these dif different types of forms in which our economic system take advantage. You have heard many older folk call my program here, Politics Done Right at the time, it used to be at noon. And I remember this woman calling me and talking to me about this company that they get her. It's not one company, it's many companies. They get her every single time with their telemarketing schemes that is legal. They lie because remember, we have the right to lie. Corporations have the right to lie to you. And she would call and say, what can I do? And I said, ma'am, uh, this is a time where until we get laws, we have to take personal responsibility, which means uh, we shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to do this, but tell folks, no, we're not. Uh, somebody tries to sell you something on the phone, you hang up. If it's not you making that positive, uh, that positive motion towards that thing, disregard it. So, I mean, uh, again, I want to reiterate, there too often, too often, we allow ourselves to be brainwashed into believing 
that just it it we just cannot uh, get the things that we as a people deserve as a society, and it is something that we have to we have to bump up our our uh, uh, get a, get destroy our gullibility index. Because they constantly, when I say they, and I, I the they is sort of a nubilous thing. Because when the Powell memo was written, this is a document that said progressives are getting Americans to, it, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but progressives are getting Americans too smart. And in the process of American getting smart, it will affect business. It will affect business. So we must infiltrate the churches. So we must infiltrate the schools. So we must infiltrate everything to continue to mislead people into continuously voting against their interests, preventing them from doing what's right to make society better for them. And that is what has cauterized in America. It began before. I mean, we always talk about it really being instantiated under Reagan. But it really had its genesis even before Reagan. And it is something I hope, it is something I hope we, uh, with, with programs like Politics Done Right and others, I hope it is something where we can talk to the American people and say, let's not fall for the con. Let's all work towards what's best for all of us. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Extension number one to contribute, extension number two to be on air. Folks, I'm asking you so kindly right now to please support the program, ensure that we can continue to have a platform to give the word to the American people, give the word to talk about what we can do together as a society. 713-526-5738, extension number one for contributions. A $40 contribution, and you don't have to pay this all at once. You can do this in increments. A $40 contribution makes you a voting, a voting member of the Pacifica Network, which means you are part of the governance structure of this entire radio network. And it's not only here in Houston, throughout the country. Likewise, a $100 contribution for our Beautiful t-shirt, the Summer Sizzler t-shirt, beautiful t-shirt, that's a $100 contribution. The the Politics Done Right t-shirt, $100 as well. And a, a breakfast or have coffee with Egberto, that is a $250 contribution. And that really kind of gets us on the bandwagon to making, filling out the quota that this particular program needs to meet to remain on air. I see that Gonzalo is on the phone right now. Uh, come on in, Gonzalo. Great to have you here on the program. Good morning, Alberto. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. Buenos dias, mi hermano favorita. Como va todo? How's how's all going? Yeah, I'm on my way to work. So, uh, first of all, what everybody needs is education. Uh, I'm not saying that because I'm a teacher. Uh, not a system. Not a single system in the world is perfect. Uh, I have talked in the past about uh, Canada as a system that tries to uh, meet the needs of everybody. But the key word is we all need to pay our fair share. And I'm not saying that because of what Biden said, that we need to uh, get the rich, uh, the tax that they need to pay in order to 
fulfill everybody else's need. I'm, I'm referring also to the people who are supposedly under the water. And I work in schools in which uh, there is a big number of a population that says that is underwater. And I'm going to refer also to my fellow Cubans in Florida. And this is just a typical conversation. I'm going to fake it, but okay. Uh, it's a couple. They live together, but they file separately because they are single mothers. So they are taking advantage of a system. And how many people are taking advantage of the system? So everybody needs to be educated and pay their fair share. The rich and the one that says that they are poor. Because bottom line, uh, the people who are doing the right thing, and I came to this country, I'm blessed to be here to do the right thing. Because you mentioned Cuba, you mentioned Venezuela, I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, it's not what it used to be, and it used to be good. If that is your uh, thinking, I'm okay with that. But uh, we need to be uh, fair, and we need to be honest with ourselves. But, I mean, that's a big word, so nobody is able to understand that, or some people don't. So. Gonzalo, that is important, what you've just said. All of us need to have... In effect, what you're saying, all of us need to have skin in the game. And I agree with that uh, 100%. The one thing I, I want to, first of all, I wanted to start this way by saying, you said you're a teacher. I didn't realize that you're a teacher. I am like, I adore teachers. You know, I'm from Panama where teachers were revered. La licenciada. And, you know, it is like when you go into a, a store and and, a t and you see your teacher, you see a teacher from your, your school. It was like you straightened up and uh, that you had that level of respect for teachers back where I'm from. And I come here to the United States now and see that teachers are not revered that they should, that somehow they're considered a problem. Thank you for being a teacher, brother. Uh, a lot of times it's a thankless job over here, but rest assured that there are many of us who know that you are the guys who move knowledge forward. If it weren't for teachers, knowledge stops. So, hey, you just made my day saying, hey, I'm, I'm a teacher going to school right now. Anyway, getting on to the subject that you were talking about, Gonzalo, you're absolutely right. And there are people taking advantage of the system. I want, I, I, we need to find ways to, to lower people who take advantage of the system. But I also want to elevate that to say, in as much as there are a lot of people taking advantage of the systems, the ones that take advantage of the system more than anyone else are the wealthy. When we take a look at the, the, the perks and, and the things that have made them there, that is ones that take advantage. If we just look at the, 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 the Ukraine war, if you take a look at all that money that we claim that's going to Ukraine, remember the only reason we are spending that money is that money going to Ukraine is actually filtered through many corporations who are pushing all that money that's going over there. So Gonzalo, I agree with you on, on, on those issues. I would love for us to be able to streamline things a lot better, not only for those with lesser income, but those with maximal income. Thank you very much, Experto, and have a blessed week. You have a wonderful day, Gonzalo. Thank you for calling in, and you have a great day. Let's go ahead and go to uh, the the what the, I'm going to call El Alcalde de Politics Done Right, the Mayor of Politics Done Right. Come on in, Johnny. 
Uh, Dr. Vanderveer is a smooth operator. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? He's doing the soundboard and the phones at the same time. Good for him. Doc, that's Dr. Jack Van Bibber. You know, uh, he he's a wonderful guy, man. I always refer to him as Magic Jack when he answers the phone. He's a magic ah, I like that. I like that, Magic Jack. Okay, go for it. Talk to me. Anyway, I just heard your previous caller mention how Cuba used to be good. I would have loved you have to have uh, get some further information and clarification out of him. What does he mean by that? Is he referring to when that puppet was in charge before Fidel and, and the people of Cuba rose up and displaced him, that American puppet? Or is he saying that uh, Cuba is not good anymore right now? Because from where I sit, from where I uh, where I speak, I'm thinking that little island nation, in spite of our decades-long uh, economic embargo on those poor people, they have managed to have a world-class healthcare system, not only for their own people, but they export uh, uh, their medical training around the world. They have people around the world coming to their stores to learn medicine. Do we do that in the same way that they do with all our resources and provide medical care for our people? Or do we predator uh, or do we prey on our people, unlike Cuba? Now, you make, you've made a, an important comment on Cuba. Let, first of all, let me, let me tell you, different people before, during the Batista area, I mean, era had different experiences. Uh, people who looked like me, who were not entertainers, didn't have the best life. They were the people who swept the floors, cleaned the hotel rooms, and manned the farms, etc. Uh, you had a class of people, uh, mostly the, the people, descendants of the Spaniards, that, uh, that had a great life. Cuba was a great institution. They grew their tobacco. They did. So, I mean, forgetting about the, the social injustices that occur in Cuba, Cuba, for a lot of people, had life was great for, for quite a few people under Batista. That's why it lasted so long. Now, uh, for me and others, I would say absolutely not. It's good. Uh, people like me became engineers, lawyers, and doctors afterwards. Of course, uh, what that came with was a whole lot of poverty, mainly because of the embargo the United States created against Cuba, not only the United States, but what the United States forced on other countries to blockade or to embargo Cuba. So, I mean, I get the point. And again, I, I, I see things through the eyes of the person that is that's speaking. And again, like I said, I have to acknowledge that Cuba for some people were good. But I want those who for which it was good to acknowledge the fact that uh, until Castro came in initially, uh, it wasn't good for everybody. And, you know, again, and we can move on from there. Do I like the com a communist government that runs Cuba? Absolutely not. Uh, do I like uh, that they have had, because of a, a lot of the pains that they're suffering, to create a whole lot with a very little? And, it, you know, it's funny because when you are under stress, it's amazing how much you, you eventually have to do for yourself. And that is what happened in Cuba. That's why their healthcare system is, again, it's, look, you still have to carry your toilet paper to the to the hospital and you still have rationing like crazy but because they have a structure that everybody has access to health care in a I spoke to a, 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 a woman who left Cuba 
and is living in Jamaica. She's a TikToker. And I want to speak to the people who actually lived it. And she has a lot to say about Cuba. She's back in Jamaica now, but she, or she is in Jamaica now. She migrated to Jamaica, but she wanted to explain how the, she wanted to know, let people know that the healthcare system in Cuba is no panacea, but uh, the fact that they have great primary health care and they have research into things that we don't do over here makes the system a very plausible system. Go ahead, Johnny. Vaccines. They developed, they developed their own COVID vaccine. They yes, they did. They learned to do for themselves because they were forced to out of necessity. That's human right. nature. Yes, That's yes. Political ideology. And by the way, had the United States recognized Cuba when Fidel Castro and, and the uh, uh, Cuban people expressed their votes by physical force, have we said, you know what? We apologize to the people of Cuba for having sat on them and economically oppressed them. We would like to extend our hand to them in well, friendship. Well, that is a story. I, I got to step on you for a second because I need to get into the program, Johnny. But let me just say, I, I'm glad you said that. That is a story that we have all over Latin America and other countries in the world. And there's a reason why. It's a lot easier to deal with dictators than it is to deal with democracy. We love to claim democracy at home, but we don't particularly like democracies overseas. And the reason we don't like democracies overseas is if we want to, if we want to be able to, our corporations to do certain things on a plantation in Costa Rica, if we want to able to do something on a plantation or, or, or on a mountain, top in Honduras. We don't want to have to have the people vote for that. It takes too much time for a corporation to do that. So we want to have a company, we want to have a dictator that can enforce that. A quick story that you that you're causing me to talk about is what's occurring right now in Honduras. Uh, Honduras is being sued by American companies right now because the previous government signed a contract that in effect allowed companies to establish many governments in, in, in Honduras where they control a particular territory with their own judiciary and all these sort of things, right? But they want to go ahead and create these business zones in Honduras. Uh, that a, a democratic uh, establishment comes in now, I mean, government comes in and say, wait a minute, you are selling our sovereignty to private American corporations or private corporations in general. We can't have that. This contract is null and void. So they're being sued for two thirds of their GDP. That you don't hear about that in the in, in the news over here in the United States, right? You don't hear about no, that no. kind of a stuff going on. So I mean, uh, what what we what I and when when we, we go to certain countries and hear, oh, they don't like us over there. It's not that they don't like Americans; is that they don't like what corporations have come to the country and do to many of their people, many of them peasants. So that's the that's the issue, oh, sir. Summarize. You hit it out. Of, you hit it out of ballpark once again. I am not surprised. Johnny, line, line. the American corporations dictate our foreign policy. They always have, and I'm afraid they always will, unless we rise up in our way, the way they did with Fidel. Thank you, Johnny. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about. Wall Street right now. Thank you, Johnny. Anyway, folks, uh, you know, I've spoken about Wall Street a whole lot and talk about, oh, wait, before I get into Wall Street, I got to do a pitch. Stay with me. I got to do a pitch. Folks, please give us a call at 
526-5738 and hit extension one right now. I implore you, I ask you, uh, we need your support for this program to ensure that we can keep this program on air. 713-526-5738, hit extension one. There are several, you can, first of all, you can give whatever you want, a dollar if you want, five bucks if you want, but I'm asking you if you have the wherewithal to be uh, to give just like you give your cable company or otherwise, please consider uh, given uh, there's a $40 contribution to become a voting member of Pacifica. There is a, uh, a $100 contribution for our beautiful sizzler, uh, uh, summer sizzler uh, shirts, T-shirts, and $100 for the Politics Done Right T-shirt. And if you want to have coffee with me, just, you know, we go out there and spend some time and shoot the bull and tell me whatever you want. Even that you maybe like something, don't like something, want to cover something thing. We'll do that. That's a $250 contribution that I ask you so kindly to consider making if you have the wherewithal to do so. 713-526-5738, extension number one. Right now, we are at a big donut hole. We don't have any contributors at this point in time. So I'm asking you so kindly to consider keeping this program on air by supporting us at 713-526-5738, extension number one. Please be sure to say that you're contributing in the name of politics done right. Uh, do rest assured none of that money comes to me. It all goes to keep the station running. Most of us out here are volunteers. We have Jacques Van Vever in that studio. He drives in 40 something minutes every morning back and forth. That's a lot of gas over a month that he's contributing to this station to make sure that we can be on air. Uh, we have brother, uh, brother Howard working his butt off. He could be anywhere else, uh, but he's here at KFT. Let's make sure and support a, a station that is really there for you, that is informing you with more than just what's the the the, the fib of the day, but that's re giving us food for thought and making sure that we realize that we're already empowered to do the things we need to do to have a, an equitable society, to have an egalitarian society. Again, 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute, or you can go to kpft.org, kpft.org to be a part of the show. I want to welcome Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. She says they talk about Haiti and Somalia too. You're absolutely right, Melanie. Whenever whenever we want to scare Americans into voting things that make them a better, make us a better country, they hit Cuba, Venezuela, Somalia, Haiti, Haiti. So no, we can't allow that. We we are we can't allow them to snow us. Anyway, folks, you hear me talk about the 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 Wall Street being a casino, Wall Street not being real. And you know, the people that make the most money in this country are the folks who work on Wall Street. And one of the things I like to mention is that they have no real value to our society. They are there to trade uh, companies and people, you know, people try to give all many reasons for their existence, right? But no, they just move paper around. We could have created, especially now, we can create an automated system for people to monetize stocks so that they can be fluid enough to do business. It doesn't require the 
uh, investment banking structure that we have. Investment banking and all these different structures are there for people who find ways to make money without doing any work, without creating any value, without creating any products or services. It sounds harsh, but that's what it is. For those people who are working in these businesses, this is not an attack on you. Uh, our economic system is on autopilot, and we all do the things that we kind of migrate towards doing. But there are certain parts of our economy that contributes very little to nothing, but it's exploitative and parasitic. And that is what we have in Wall Street many a times. So I want to play you what this particular investor is going to do with what is his $1.6 billion. I, I mean, I found it obscene. When I listened to it, and, and, and what I found more obscene than this guy was how matter-of-fact it was spoken about on MSNBC. It was like, oh, look at what he's doing. He's short in the market. Oh, the market must be... Well, listen to the story, and then we'll take it on the other side. I talk a lot about the stock market being a casino, the stock market being a fraud. And many people like to talk about the stock market being the bastion of capitalism, which it is. But uh, if the stock market is the bastion of capitalism, if, if it is the instrument of capitalism and it is proven to be a casino, it is proven to be nothing more than a gambling machine where the people who know how to operate it while it's while there are good times and make a lot of money, then it's great for those people. And then they create these instruments that are designed to enrich a few by making money off of money. In other words, not making money off of producing anything. And then we call it a stock market built, built on, uh, on the facade of other corporations, etc. It's a big fraud. And if you want to see it perfectly, check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Wall Street, meantime, buzzing about a jaw-dropping new bet by the investor who famously predicted the 2008 collapse of the housing market. CNBC's Dom Chu joins us now for CNBC on MSNBC. His name's Michael Burry. For folks who don't remember, he got famous for the big short. Now he's at it again. What can you tell us? So, Chris, it's not exactly a vote of confidence on where the stock market is headed, but it's not entirely clear just how negative he is on the future direction of the markets. Now, Burry has been highly followed as an investor in the markets ever since his prediction about the collapse of that subprime mortgage market, by the way, that ultimately led to the biggest financial crisis in America back in 08 and 07, 08, 09 since the Great Depression, but also because of the vast amount of money he made betting on that downturn. So when a person like that who called the last major financial meltdown is calling for another one, folks pay attention. So this is according to regulatory filings that have, they, they have to be made by America's biggest investors. Burry bought financial instruments that profit, make money, if the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 fall in value. Now, it's unclear what those so-called put options are valued at currently or what he actually paid for them in the first place. But the notional value of the combined negative bets covers a jaw-dropping $1.6 billion in market exposure. Now, what he actually paid for that exposure could be considerably less than that. What's interesting, though, about this, beyond just that eye-grabbing headline number, that this particular disclosure talks about the bet, and it was placed, and it was at the end of June. It is not clear 
whether that bet is still ongoing or whether he closed it out already at a profit or a potential loss. This also is a bet that doesn't necessarily need the market, Chris, to crash precipitously for it to make money. It gives the trader the option to sell it at some time down the line, even with a, just a modest pullback in markets. So a $1.6 billion bet, so to speak, is catching numbers, but it's unclear whether or not he's actually going to wait for a massive drop in the stock market to profit fully, Chris. But Wall Street and a lot of the rest of us will be watching. Now, when somebody can make a bet, this this guy is making a bet that the stock market is going to fall, that it's going to crash, meaning the retirement that are in the retirement accounts that are invested in these instruments. They're all going to fall. But guess what? There is an instrument created by a guy who has capital, by a guy who has money, who can take advantage of all of your money's crashing on your retirement crashing on your savings crashing. And he is going to make billions of dollars based on that bet. He's going to produce no product. He's going to produce no service. He's just going to look at the casino, the stock market, the bastion of capitalism and say, oh, it's going to go down because you guys have had a hell of a rise for no, for absolutely no reason. As it falls, I'm going to profit. Stock market 101. It is a fraud. As Bernie Sanders would say, it's a business model based on fraud. I love to say it's a business model predicated on fraud. I mean, that is, and you know, it, if people may say, Berta, you're being simplistic. It can't be quite that way. Unfortunately, it is. All these fancy instruments that you hear in the investment banking world, scholars, shorts, puts, all these things produce it, produce nothing. It's just people finding different algorithms to mess with making money on top of money and doing absolutely no work for it. And then they look at the, they look at somebody who is trying to work as little as they can to make as much as they can. And they say, you guys, you poor people are lazy. The lazy ones aren't the poor people. I guarantee you right now, if you drive your car in all the underprivileged areas in Houston, Texas, in Baltimore, Maryland, in San Diego, California, in Los Angeles, California, in Phoenix, Nevada, in Phoenix, uh, uh, Arizona, in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, go into every single one of the lower economic areas. And I guarantee you, you see those bus stops with people in this 115 degree heat in Vegas, you're going to see, or in, in, in Phoenix, you're going to see those people at the bus stops trying to get to work for a salary that is be beneath what they deserve. Most Americans aren't lazy, but they'll put on TV, they'll show you the welfare mother that sit, that's eaten a steak Every, every time they want you to not support the indigent or the poor, they'll show you the exception. But you know what is the norm up there in Wall Street? The norm up there in Wall Street are people out there who they may spend 12, 15 hours in that office making millions of dollars, but they're not doing anything to produce anything. They're not doing anything. And again, 
I, I want those that are listening to me right now not to take what I'm saying. If you are in the in the in the financial sector as a personal attack, because it is a societal issue, it is how it is what we have allowed from the inception of this country to grow into, right? I mean, when we started, we started, our economic system was predicated on slavery and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, one of our callers yesterday got a bit upset because I said, you know, what we have now is a a new form of slavery, right? Uh, You're told what to do. I mean, in in fact, when you measure these two types of slavery, uh, sometimes, I mean, and and folks don't hit me on this, but chattel slavery, the the, the master had to pay your health care and everything else. Now, the kind of slavery we have right now, you're disposable. They don't even want to pay you when they give you black lung. So we have to have a system that takes care of its people. That Those are the kinds of things that I support. You know, under the Biden administration, next subject. And by the way, folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. If you want to comment on what I just said, please call 713-526-5738. Hit extension number two, and I'll get you on air But also, I'd like some people to call 713-526-5738 and hit extension number one and come on and provide a little bit of support for the program, whatever you have the ability to do. Uh, You know, we're right now we are really asking folks, those who can, to become a member. Give us five bucks a month. Give us 10 bucks a month. Give us 15 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can to say, you know, this is a program that not uh, this is a station that I listen to. Once a week, twice a week, three times a week. I like getting up in the mornings and hearing that crazy guy Egberto talk about things that we probably need to talk about. You know, support us, 713-526-5738, extension 1. Do remember to say that, to tell or make it or, or pull in a pull-down box that you're supporting politics done right so that the management here knows that, yeah, politics done right is bringing, enough, bringing in enough cash so that we can keep it on air. 713-526-5738, extension number one to give. And if you want to comment as far as what we spoke about on Wall Street, what we spoke about before, or on anything you want to talk about, also give us a call, 713-526-5738, extension number two. Please don't wait till the end of the program where I have to rush you off the phone. Uh, it's open. It's wide open right now. 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight. If I don't get a call in a minute, I'll go with the next video. And remember, you can always see all the programs that we are going to be, or rather, all the videos that I have lined up to show today. Remember, you can uh, find it all at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. The pro- we have a fully prepared program for you every day. But as usual, you can decide to change that program. 713 713- 526-5738, extension number two to be on air, extension number one to contribute. If you contribute right now, it'll pop up on the screen so that I can give you a thank you immediately. All right, let me go to, beforehand, let me just throw it back to the studio a bit to say hi to Howard and Jack. Guys, how are you guys doing in there? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, sitting here listening to you and uh, agreeing with you about the uh, stock markets and Jack has some observations too. Come on yeah, in brother Jack. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, why do, why does business prefer to do uh, business with dictators is they, they can pay them a lot of money 
and they do the work of suppressing the people in the country. And we go down there with our embargoes, our blockades and our our sanctions and wall off the country. And they're they're pay they're paying out, you know, to uh, solve their their lawsuits with the, you know while they're taking their GDP away, and the people suffer. They right. end up having to pay taxes to run the country, and this ties into immig- why immigration is moving north. They're driving them north with poverty. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't uh, realize that, uh, Jack, and that is, you know, a lot of what we're seeing at our border is a direct result of our policies in Central America, you know, so, but, but we as Americans, uh, when we watch the news, we don't see all the, I, we don't see all this news. I gave you the story about what's occurring in Honduras right now. Nobody talked about that here in the United States. So uh, the American people can't understand then what's the genesis of that. So then the, uh, the Republicans can demagogue uh, about immigration and the, the and Democrats, because nobody is interested in learning these other stories, just take it or they just you know they they they, they don't give the full argument. And as, I say quite often that too often our politicians, all of them, left and right, they think too little of the intelligence of the American people. If the American people are made aware of things, uh, we would have much better policy. We'd have much better politicians and. That that's probably why they don't want the Americans to know too much because, hey, we may start voting in good politicians. And that's not a good thing because while we are a democracy, that while corporations allow us to be a democracy for certain things, remember, a corporation is not a democracy. It's a top-down thing where the lowest level, the employees, the, the antiseptic slaves are nothing but widgets and everything else is then made on the executive level. It's not like, let's say, in in places like, let's say, Germany, we're uh, sitting on the board of corporations by law. uh, You have to have the worker. It's not there. So, I mean, we have to understand those things. Howard Reynolds, come on in, my brother. I've got a question for you about the Honduras thing. Yes. Uh, What court is going to decide that? Uh, It's going to be a United States court, a world court, a third uh, country? Who decides that? I think they have their own courts. I, I, you know, I really should have had that answer. I don't. It's. It's. I don't think it's a Supreme Court, but I. Th- I think it's a. It's. It, it's a, a. It's a group of three guys or or so, something to that. I, I tell you what. Let me. Let me not give misinformation. I'll find that information and have it for you the next time. That's super. Uh, I think Jack has one more observation here. Yes, Jack. Uh, you know. Uh, there, there is a book that I read that really made a lot of sense to me, and it was called The Brothers, and it talked about John Foster Dulles and Alan Dulles, and you know they were the they were the they were okay. Uh, well. <laughs> I'm going to drop that one. That's getting a little too deep. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That, that's all right. I mean, we, we, we'll talk about that. And, and when you get it machinated, just let me know. We'll, we'll turn it into a little segment. But anyway, folks, um, give us a call. 713. We don't have any contributions yet. Please give us a call. 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute. You can contribute whatever you can. Right now, our focus is on getting sustaining membership so we can have less of these drives. Sustaining membership means... 
you give five bucks a month, you give 10 bucks a month, you give 15, whatever you can afford, if you can, if you can. But if you just want to give a one time as well, we love that as well. Just give us a call. $40 contribution makes you a voting member of KPFT and Pacifica Network. A $100 contribution for either the t-shirt, the summer sizzler, or the politics done right t-shirt, or anything other t-shirts that we have for sale. It could be you talk, it could be from any of our other programs. Uh, you can also go ahead if you want to have we can go out for coffee somewhere. And again, this is just to make money for the station. 250 bucks, and we go out. We have coffee. I'll drive down from Kingwood to wherever I need to go to have some coffee with you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But please, I, I, I ask you so kindly to give us a call at 713-526-5738. Hit extension one to contribute. And again, it's well worth it. I promise you a, a complete program every single day of the week, five days of a week. I prepare to make sure I have something positive to bring forth to the to, to our audience. And uh, by the way, you know you can drop me a line at kpft at politicsdoneright.com, kpft at politicsdoneright.com uh, if you have any uh, that you, something that you want to cover, etc. I'm glad to see that Brian called early today. Call, come on in, my brother, Brian. Let's Let's have a talk. Talk to me, sir. Yeah, uh, the big uh, vilification is the oil companies, correct? No, uh, no, no. Corporations in general, sir. Cor- I mean, oil companies are just one of the. P- I mean, oil companies. It's sort of an easy thing to deal with because uh, it is so ubiquitous. But no, I'm talking about the corporate structure in general, Brian. Okay, how how much money does an oil company make off of gallon of gas? Oh my God! I, it's a it's it's a ton, it's a ton. I mean, the way they, they, they the way they do it, fine. The way they do it from an accountant's let me finish. The way they do it from an accountant standpoint, it seems like it's not a lot. But let me tell you, I have uh, friends that are executives in the oil company living here in Kingwood that we sit down and laugh about the issue. The the, the I mean, gas. Put it this way, it's like water right now. Okay. Uh, gas is like water, uh, and 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 it's it's almost total profit. But go ahead, make your point, my my friend. No, no, they make six cents per gallon. That's not true. At all. No, 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 no. no we're, you're talking. About, I mean, I'm not talking about the retail, sir. Let me tell you, uh, gas gasoline, sir. Or I, I tell you what, make your point first, then I'll correct it. Go ahead. Okay, the convenience store, he makes about two cents. How much mm-hmm. does the federal government make off of each gallon of gas? Quite a bit, it's like 40 or 60 cents. Per yeah. gallon. Mm-hmm. No, 38 cents per gallon. Mm-hmm. But the oil company makes six cents per gallon. Now, okay. where is this going to be recovered on electric cars? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me, okay. let me just say this. Uh, what about electric cars? I think I missed that, Brian. Okay, if you're charging your car, you're not mm-hmm. buying gas. Therefore, the tax money that was going to be put back into the roads and the schools and the infrastructure is now gone because you're not getting the 38 cents per gallon on tax. You know something, Brian? You are so right. And that's why when there, if you notice, there are certain states that, that are already doing exactly that. In other words, having a surcharge uh, based on how much... A car drives for that tax. You are absolutely right. Right now, we we get taxes from gasoline 
to help with the road, et cetera, because you're driving on the road, you should also, that that's how we collect money for the roads, right? So I don't have any problem with what you just said, because what you said is absolutely true, that electric cars would then be at an advantage for not paying taxes on the car if you don't find a way to recover them, uh, the, 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 the thing. So we don't, we don't have a problem there, uh, Brian. You're absolutely right. So I guess there's a commonality right there, sir. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, but let me yeah. just tell you something. Brother Brian, let me just tell you something else, though. Please don't, don't sit and believe that the oil companies profit on, on a gallon of gas is six cents. It is not. And I, I, I'm not telling you this. Out, I'm not pulling that number out of the air. I'm telling you for a fact, most of the money for a gallon of gas is profit. And I, I, now it's not the convenience. There are two parts of the uh, chain, right? They divide it into areas. In other words, they have their retail, the way the oil companies are set up, the retail section buys the oil from the, the development section. And I don't call it development, uh, production. All right. I mean, it, it, it's, it, they, they do some complicated arrangement. That's why you have many different oil companies in one chain. They do some significant arrangements in the way they sell oil to themselves, so that they can seem like that sixth sense that you're talking about is true. But that's not the case. You and I shouldn't be arguing about this because I can tell you guaranteedly that there's that most of a gallon of gasoline is profit. And that's the reason why during the pandemic, you, you actually saw that th- th- what that was really like. That's all I want to say, Brian. Anything else you want to talk about, sir? No, I, I challenge your, your listeners to fact check that. Sure, I, I want them to, and I, I want you to fact check me for everything that I say, Brian, because well, that's good. I'm happy for that. I, I want that to be fact checked because you know this wasn't a question. Like I said, uh, I lot lot of oil folk live here in 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 Kingwood, and when we go and shoot the bull at Starbucks, it's amazing how they laugh at 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 oil being like a Christmas tree. That's what one of them always tell me. Oh, it's a Christmas tree. You know, when, when, when oil is at the prices that it is right now, oh my God, the bonuses are going to be exorbitant. What these guys, I have a friend here who's going to make in one year over a hundred thousand dollars just in the bonus. And they're in the retail side. So, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it is obscene. So um, we need to stop we as a people, meaning you and I, the average American here, need to start having some sort of a, oh, the oil companies are suffering. They are never suffering, ever. And and that goes for a lot of other corporations as well. The only people that suffer are the workers, the people who are in those tanks in Pasadena, cleaning it where some of them die. Those are the only ones putting themselves at risk. You remember when that uh, oil uh, platform blew up in the middle of the Atlantic, uh, in the middle of the Gulf. Those are the people that I care about. Those are the people that are actually making them, uh, that are actually uh, making, bringing the oil to us that we need. But those folks that are sitting down on the ivory tower that too many of us are defending, brother, I have no compassion for them whatsoever. I have compassion for you and the rest of the people. Anything else you want to add, Brian? No, uh, no, that's enough. Thank you very much yeah. for calling in. As you, uh, like, I'm going to start calling you the second mayor. Johnny is the first mayor, and Brian is the second mayor, man. <laughs> and Johnny has seniority, Brian. Yeah, 
All right. Anyhow, uh, folks, the number is 713-526-5738. Hit extension number one to contribute. Please, we have uh, we are still at a uh, at a donut hole. So I'm going to ask uh, Howard. Howard, tell our folks something else to see if we can get a, 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 a few uh, contributions in, my friend. Okay, I can tell you this, that for every $1,000 that we collect, we are going to uh, provide backpacks for our folks over at the Fifth Ward Head Start Center. And they, we want to provide up to 70 of them. These kids are in poverty. They need the help. Also in those backpacks, I saw them yesterday, the cutest little uh, socks and underwear we're going to provide for those and also school supplies too. Uh, that benefits not only KPFT, but it benefits the Summer Sizzle Drive and Head Start. So that's going to be a very big thing for us to do for them. And you can contribute at 713-526-5738, extension number one, or you can go to kpft.org and uh, check it out. Uh, please support this program. This is one of the most important programs. You can call in, you can give your opinion, you can fact check at Birdo. And I know that uh, Brian does that every day. He sits there intently <laughs> listens. He goes, "Okay, do, is Egberto telling the truth this time? Is he stretching the truth?" What, <laughs> and Jack and I were talking about uh, Brian saying he really adds to the show, and he does. And yes. all of you, you all add to the show. We have the Chancellor, which is uh, Brian, the Mayor, which is uh, Johnny, Johnny, and uh, also. Jack here, he adds to the show, and it's, it's just a very important show for you to call in with your opinions and also fact check Egberto, which is always a challenge. And you know, so, you know what? It's so great. Um, I, 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 I want to say, I just want to put this in about Brian. Brian brought up such an important point when he talked about the 38 cents tax versus an electric car not paying. People need to hear that kind of stuff. Thank you, Brian, for do. that. All right. Now, Jack, go ahead and round us out here. Okay, you know, when I was talking about there was an issue in here, so I, I backed off what I was saying about John Foster Dulles and Alan Dulles. You know, they were the guys, the capitalists that that came before uh, Dick Cheney and Karl Rove, you know, the, um, the uh, guys behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is this is this is the the capitalist. Hey, Jack, I. You're right. I made time. I, my fault. I made time escape, get away from us. So we got to close it down and we got to give uh, Dow Robbins a big shout out. Thank you so kindly for your kind support. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank Jack and, and, and Howard. My name is Egberto Willis. It's Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this program. We are what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.